The Pantanal. This is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and in this episode I'm going to hand over to Matt, and he has a bit of a conversation with Ricardo, who assists us with all of our ground handling in Brazil for our Pantanal expeditions. Now, the Pantanal is between, how big, 140,000 and 160,000 square kilometers. It's a gently sloped basin that receives runoff from the upland areas and slowly releases this water through the Paraguay River and its tributaries. It's a natural region encompassing about uh, the world's largest tropical wetland as well as the largest flooded grassland. It's located mostly within Brazilian states, but it also extends into Mato Grosso and portions of Bolivia and Paraguay. Now, the reason Matt is keen to get there, and most of us, is because of the Jaguars. So I hope you guys enjoy this one and that you get some new insight into this amazing destination. And if you have any questions, get hold of Matt. Enjoy. Hey, Ricardo. Hey, Matt. Hi, Ricardo. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How are you? Awesome. How are you doing? Doing well, man. Getting ready for the Pantanal. Uh, day after tomorrow, so first uh, trip of the year, of the season, by the way. Amazing. And uh, yeah, let's see, let's see how it will uh, go on. Jeez, that's amazing, hey? So you guys start in May already. Yes, we, yeah. so Pantanal have been uh, going through a very dry years from 2018, uh, to now this year the wet season or the, the flooded season was pretty good that would, which means Pantanal needs the water going uh, through and flooding all the, the areas so this year promises a very good time in the Pantanal you know for the wildlife bird bird life mainly yeah. but also jaguars you know along the rivers mm. oh, that's fantastic well that's exactly why I wanted to do the zoom call today so um, and Zoom call slash podcast anyway, because, um, you know, just the other day we spoke. And since then, what I've had is a lot of people asking me questions. So what I've done is I've put together a list of these questions, um, some basic questions, just for the next half an hour, just so, you know, who better to answer them straight from, you know, the, the horse's mouth, so to speak, you know, the person who's on the ground, boots on the ground the whole time. Um, so just for the people who don't maybe know you, um, who... Who is Ricardo? What is it you do? Who are you and where are you from, etc.? Just a quick brief background about you and what you do. Right. So I, I'm from uh, Southern Mato Grosso. I'm a Brazilian guy from Southern Mato Grosso, where is the Pantanal. We have two Mato Grossos, Mato Grosso do Sul and Mato Grosso. I was born in nearby the Paraguay or just nearby the Pantanal. So I moved to Northern Mato Grosso in 1998 trying to engage myself with ecotourism, renting bikes. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I live in a place now, or since 98, uh, on the mountains where uh, we have a national park, we have uh, waterfalls. But I started my uh, Pantanal career in 1999. Okay. So guiding Brazilian people. And then I got engaged with uh, bird watching trips. You know, South America, what we say, South America is for birds like Africa is for mammals. <laughs> and uh, 
exactly. And then I, I am involved with ecotourism since then. And then after, you know, during the years or through the years, I got uh, involved with other ecosystems, biomes, countries. So I do almost all over South America, Central America, like Costa Rica, you know, Chile, Argentina, Peru. And uh, also in Brazil, I do trips for photography and bird watching. I still doing some trips uh, in the Atlantic rainforest, Amazon, uh, the semi-arid region up northeast. So that's it's a, a short version of my uh, story, <laughs> a professional yeah. story here. The short and the long of it as well, cheapest. It sounds like you've got a very full career um, behind you, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, 24 years already. <laughs> that's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm only 35, which is like, that's more than two thirds of my life. <laughs> um, okay. Awesome. Because I mean, today is about the Pantanal. Um, and like I said, you explaining the Pantanal after 24 years of experience, you know, in the ecotourism industry and being around the Pantanal for such a long time. Um, you know, I, I just think it's so awesome to try and educate both myself and anyone who might be listening to the Pantanal and what is so special about it. So let's start with the basics. So where is the Pantanal? So it's a two question thing. Where is the Pantanal and what makes it so special? So where are we, where is it and what makes it special? So the Pantanal is located in the heart of South America, just to try to be simple, like Pantanal is a depression in the heart of the continent. So when you think about the altitude of the Pantanal, it's like uh, between 30 meters by sea level and 120, 150. Okay. You know, it's unbelievable when you think the center of, literally the center of South America. Yeah. So the Pantanal is very special because it got influences from other biomes, like from the Cerrado, which is the Brazilian savanna the richest savanna in the world, talking about biodiversity, okay. and uh, from the Amazon, from the Atlantic rainforest. And then that makes the Pantanal a great mosaic or mosaic of flora and fauna. Mm. So definitely the Pantanal, I can, I can say that, definitely the Pantanal is the best place to watch mammals in South America. So if people ask to me, like, uh, can we see mammals in the Amazon? Yes, we can see mammals all over South America, but not easily like in the Pantanal. Okay. So we, we, don't, have, we don't have more species than the Amazon. But when we, when we think about the Pantanal, we can see them. And uh, one of the main reasons of it is the ecotourism. Because from the last 20 years that I can remember well, we have better situations with the wildlife than we had 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So you have more sightings, more frequent sightings, better sightings. Exactly. Because people, uh, people, the animals got habituated with people. Okay. You know, yeah. more yeah. people coming, not shooting them. You know, the, the hunting is illegal in Brazil since 19... 64 if i'm not wrong okay. but of course it's still having some illegal hunting yes, so yeah. since the ecotourism started to grow up in the pantanal many areas are free of the illegal hunting because people are working on conservation even the ranchers who have their cattle that the jaguars prey on them they even them are you know 
working on the conservation of the Pantanal. Yeah. And then that is the best world for us. Mm. You know, the, the cattle ranching is still in the Pantanal. It's not that aggressive. But the ranchers who are working with the tourism, they are working on uh, together with the conservation as well. Yeah, that's refreshing. So refreshing to hear because, I mean, I come from a world of conservation where one of our biggest topics and heated topics is um, wildlife and human conflict, you know. So it's refreshing to hear things like this, uh, which is fantastic. Um, now, the Pantanal, if I'm not mistaken, is just a big, is it a big basin? Is that correct? You said it's a big depression or big basin. Yeah, the Pantanal is the largest flooded plain in the world. Okay. You know, it's 100 and, it's in total because the Pantanal comprises Brazil, a part of Bolivia, and a part of Paraguay. Okay. So, in total, Pantanal has 230 square, no, 230,000 square kilometers. Okay. It's huge. Okay. Huge. So, 80% of the Pantanal is inside Brazil. Yeah. So, every year, we get like four or five months, the Pantanal totally uh, flooded with some higher lands, you know, some exceptions. Mm. So, but this water that crossed the Pantanal from north to south keeps the Pantanal alive. And okay. then during the dry season, that is the moment we bring our guests, we bring, you know, people to see the wildlife. Yes, yes. Okay, well, then that brings me to the next question then is because we've touched on it a few times. So a question I get asked often, which I find a little bit difficult to answer, maybe it's a bit easier for you, but when is the best time to come to the Pantanal? From May to November. From May to November. So it's quite, it's a bit simpler. That's because, of course, exactly. the drier season, right? So that's... Exactly. Dry okay. season is the... I've been, I've been leading treats between 2003 and uh, six. Yeah. I've been leading Scandinavian people in the Pantanal during the wet season. That was pretty yeah. nice, by the way. Yeah. But uh, the, the, main, the main problem are the mosquitoes during the wet season, uh, beginning of the wet season, ending of the wet season. But okay. the best moment is the dry season, you know, from end, you know, middle May until, you know, end of November. Yeah. And uh, the Pantanal is still changing during the dry season. Yeah. You know, the level of the water, the greenish, but uh, that is definitely the best time. We, okay. we have a pretty big uh, 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 season there yeah. for, for, you know, wildlife photography, nature photography. Yeah, it seems that way. It's a great season. It's almost like the Okavanga Delta in a way, just a different variation of it, perhaps. Um, you, you mentioned insects. One of the questions I got from one of the guests is, are the insects bad in the Pantanal? The bugs not at the this time of the year, not during the dry season. Of course, okay. there will be some there will be some mosquitoes in the end of the day, mm. but nothing bad, man. Yeah, nothing bad. Okay. It's yeah. not a, not an issue for us during yeah. the dry season. Okay, which is much like here for us. You know, you get the odd mosquito, but nothing too bad like the wet season. Um, exactly. Okay, and then on that note, the, uh, the guest also asked, you know, what what are, what is the best thing to wear in, when you come to the Pantanal in terms of clothing? One of the guests asked. It, it sort of leads off that insect question, you know, do you need insect repellents, which I don't know if you do so much. Um, do you need insect repellents and what should one wear was the question. So just before I go to, uh, through the clothes, one important information is Pantanal is malaria free. 
People okay. don't need to be, you know, afraid of malaria or mm. taking pills for malaria. Okay. Zero malaria in the Pantanal. Mm. And uh, also our ticks in the Pantanal, which is not a problem, but they don't carry any disease, like okay. Lyme disease or any other stuff, which is pretty good for us. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, about the clothing is... Uh, we can have cold fronts in the Pantanal from, uh, you know, May to August. Mm. So we suggest be prepared for 40 degrees Celsius okay. and be prepared, be prepared for five degrees Celsius. <laughs> uh, so usually we say bring light clothes for yeah. the beginning of the day, you know, a fleece or, a, you know, a windshield or something like that. But be prepared. Be prepared for extremes in the Pantanal. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. I mean, yeah, cold fronts can certainly do that to weather change. Um, yeah, another thing is the cold fronts don't last much. It's okay. like two days, three days, no more. Yeah. Sometimes one day. And do they Sometimes bring rain? They Not really. Like a... Sorry? Yeah, sorry, does it bring rain, the cold fronts? Do they bring a lot of rain? Not really. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, a raincoat will be important too, also for the, the camera gear. Yes. Because yes. it can just arrive, like you are 9 a.m., you know, 35 degrees. Yeah. And then on the way back to the hotel by boat, for example, the yeah. cold front arrive and you get wet in the boat. Like, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, and then, you know, so then leading, that probably leads me into the next question I see here from one of the guests is, um, it's also, again, two questions. Sorry, I'm being mean to you today, giving you two questions at a time, but... No, man. That's, that's the, why I'm here. <laughs> thank you. The, so the first question is, is it easy to get to the Pantanal? And then the second question is, what bags do we need or how much should we pack? You know, is there a weight limit, in other words? So is it easy to get to the Pantanal and what weight limits or bags should they bring? So depends of the way you are arriving. We can charter... You know, we can get a charter flight from Cuiabá, which is the capital of uh, Mato Grosso. Mm -hmm. And then if we are doing charter flight to the Pantanal, we suggest a light, like a duffel bags, you know, that can fit well. We usually fly grand caravans, okay. you know, nine seats. But uh, we suggest, you know, lighter as possible. But if we are arriving or going to the Pantanal by car, usually we have vans here. We go on our air conditioning van. So that's no problem about your luggage. You can bring, you know, hard luggage and just taking care about the weight for the uh, national flights, like internal flights, which is 23 kilos. 23 you know, kilos, okay. 23, except if you get an extra bag, you'll pay for that. And uh, But usually you land in Cuiabá, the capital of Mato Grosso State, mm. and drive to the first lodge around two and a half hours. Okay. You know, pretty good road, and then start the northern Pantanal trip. If you are doing southern and northern Pantanal trip, yeah. you fly to Campo Grande, the capital of Mato Grosso do Sul State, and then drive like three and a half hours. We do our stuff there, like Toco Tucans, Giant Anteaters, Southern Anteater, uh, Pampas Deer, and other, you know, lots of birds, macaws, yeah. and everything. And then we spend the two days there, and then we drive to the macaw sinkhole. And then from there, we drive to Campo Grande, four hours, 
fly to Cuiabá one and a half hour, sleep in Cuiabá, and then start the northern part. Okay. But the logistic is pretty good, by the way. Yeah. When you think about, you know, Amazon or or even, I don't know, when you drive, at, we don't drive like six, seven hours. Okay. All usually. Right. Yeah, that's awesome to know because, you know, sometimes it just seems so foreign, you know, such a, that we don't know it so well, that we, we don't expect to have such easy logistics. That's so good to Really, really good to know that. Um, yeah, when, when you think about think about São Paulo. You land in São Paulo from all over the world. Yeah. And then from São Paulo to Cuiabá, two hours flying. Okay. Cuiabá, from Cuiabá by car or by van to the first lodge is two and a half hours. Okay. It's easy. Not much. You have breakfast in São Paulo and lunch in the Pantanal. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is. Like it, It's just not something I would have expected, um, which is fantastic. And um, which is kind of also, you know, on the on the packing and the package thing or the, the, the luggage thing, sorry. What would you recommend? I have an idea or two, but what would you recommend in terms of camera gear? But let's rather talk lenses. So what lenses would you suggest? So I think, you know, to start the talk is like 100 for 100 is a good lens okay. that you can produce good images, great images in the Pantanal, but you need a tele lens. You need a, you know, you know, a lens at least 300 millimeters okay. because uh, we work on birds as well. Not mm. only, on, not only on big animals, mm. like the biggest animal we have here is a marsh deer <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like a, or a tapir. Okay. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but if you would like to bring like a 600 millimeters, 500 millimeters, it's all works. Mm. I use a 200 400, which works pretty well. Okay. And uh, I suggest also to bring a wide angle lens that you can uh, do landscape, okay. like sunset on the river or, or, you know, sunrise on the river, sunset yeah. on a tower. If we go to visit some of the towers. Mm. So wide angle lens and uh, yeah, starting from, you know, 300 millimeters. Okay. No, that would the make 100 for 100. Sorry. No, no. That's it. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But you were going to say. Yeah. The 100 for 100 is very versatile. You know, yeah. that works very much well here. Like uh, uh, thinking about the Jaguars mainly, you know, mm. we have uh, many situations that we like the 400 is too much. Okay. You know, <laughs> Yes, it's too you long. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we have channels in the river there. And then sometimes because we have some rules of the Jaguar, you know, uh, mm. trip there. But sometimes we are in the channel. The Jaguar are like five meters from us, yeah. six meters from us, yeah. 10 meters yeah. from us. Amazing. Uh, that's really, it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> so on that note, one of the a couple of questions I got here on that note um, is the boat itself, because I mean, I've had guests asking, do you, do they need walking shoes? Do you walk? Do you drive, et cetera? But I think it's mostly just in the boat. So, you know, what does the boat look like? And what is a, yeah, what does the boat look like? And what does a day of safari look like? If you know what I mean, if you describe it from the start yeah. to finish and what the boat might look like, just so people can get an idea around that side of things. Right. In the Jaguar, in, we call Jaguar land there. <laughs> in the Jaguar land. Fair enough. We or some people call the Jaguar Center. <laughs> uh, I like it even better, maybe. <laughs> that's, that's definitely better. <laughs> uh, 
we start our breakfast like every day 5 a.m mm. you know starting 5 45 on the boat and then usually we ride you know 30 35 40 45 minutes to get in the jaguar best region but uh, sometimes we get jaguars 10 minutes from the hotel you know, they are they are all all over it, by the way. Okay. But we spend all morning on the boat. And then around well, depending what is happening, but around 11, 11 30, we ride back to the hotel because it's very hot the Pantanal at mm. this time of the day. So we drive we ride, you know, people you know can have a shower, go straight for lunch, midday lunch. We have a break every day. You know, yeah. between you know twelve until two, okay. you know, people can chill or cool down in the room in the air conditioning. So around two p.m., we go back. You know, back to the future. We yeah. go all the way back to the Jaguar area, and then come back after sunset. Okay, you know, we get a sunset on the river. Arrive after sunset in the hotel. Dinner at seven, and then that's it. Okay, that's so about full day so yeah. every day yeah so like uh, we have this break because in the past when the jaguars were much harder to find mm. you know i i've been part of the beginning of the jaguar in, you know tourism there so in 2007 mm. they were much harder to find them now it's getting you know some easier i can say yeah. that never guaranteed but easier <laughs> but <laughs> and um when you spend all the day all, all day long on the boat you know that's very tiring mm. so after three four days people feel it i feel it everybody feel it yeah and then we we st we started to do this this model which is work works very well people can rest a little bit and then come back to the action of course if we have a jaguar 11:30 walking on the beach or hunting we will not come back We'll yeah. keep going on. We'll, you know, do what we are there to do. Mm. But uh, if some, you know, we, we build strategies every day. Yeah. So it's quite Talking flexible. The, exactly. Yeah. Okay. We decide, we talk everybody and then we, we decide what is best for the group and for ourselves. Okay. Perfect. And then the boat itself, um, what does the boat like, design or layout look like? Is it... Big boat, small boat. I mean, what are we looking at? Is it a stable? So we boat? have many, we have many different types of boats in the in the Pantanal or in the place where we use for our guests. Mm. So it depends of the number of people. But for example, if we are a group of six plus me and you, mm. we are eight. We have like a fifteen seats or sixteen seats boat. They're okay. pretty stable. They are pretty fast. Like, uh, and uh, we usually have two seats per guest. Okay. You know, the guests can both enjoy, you know, can photograph from both, uh, both. And uh, also can keep their camera gear easy, easy to, to, you know, to, to get or to change lens or to do anything else. And uh, I, can, I, can, I, I can't explain how the boat is, but they are yeah. fast. They can move really well but they are stable and spaceful enough okay all right and um 
I, mean, I know when we last spoke, I mean, just to let the guys know that there's no roof on the boat, um, making it easier to move around, not have to fight with poles. You know, if a bird's flying over, you can take a picture of the bird, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is that still the case, obviously, hey? Yes. Yeah. We don't, uh, I don't use the, the, the boat's uh, cover because it's, it's, it's bad for the photography. I yeah. think I tried before. What we do, we have umbrellas that okay. can help people. One thing that happens, sometimes you get a jaguar laid down on the beach or on the riverbank. We use an anchor. You know, we throw an anchor and it will be anchored for one hour, two hours. And sometimes it's very hot. Yeah. And then we, we take umbrellas with us, which helps a lot when okay. we are in these situations there. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It sounds perfect. I mean, to be out there for that long um, with the Jaguars is more important than our comfort, I think. Um, <laughs> And then uh, back to the lodge now, when we're at the lodge, um, I suppose it's, it's a question everybody asks, and I've got to ask it as well. I see it on the list here. Is there Wi-Fi at the lodge? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, because, I mean, I'm sure people would want to call home, et cetera, et cetera, which is fine. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'll be joining you out in September, I think, which I thoroughly look forward to. But until then, where can people follow your journey? Where, where can people follow you and see what's going on in the meantime? So I, I have my own Instagram, which is casarin.ricardo. Okay. Uh, Ricardo, okay. And uh, I have the Instagram of my company, which is uh, Southwest Safaris. Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Just so that we can see what's cutting there. We see how many um, Jaguars exactly you're seeing per day because... Um, it seems like the sightings are quite common, which is or quite frequent, let me say, because I'm also scared to say that we're going to guarantee any of it. But um, yeah, that's fantastic. So if, if anyone's listening, go and um, follow Ricardo. That'll be amazing. Um, and then just before we go, a question I get asked a lot and I always find impossible to answer. But just to try and tease people into coming to visit the Pantanal, what has been your most memorable favorite sighting that you can remember off the top of your head and go? <laughs> oh my god man, there's so so many yeah so i have a, i have an experience a few years ago i we were you know watching a male jaguar old male jaguar dominant of the territory and then another male just arrived a new male we knew it was new because he had a very big cut on the ear on his mouth and uh, this jaguar arrived. We were watching this, crossed the river and fought with the dominant male. We called the dominant male. He was so full of scars. We called him Mick Jaguar. It wasn't like my it. fault. No, I like but, it. <laughs> uh, so this big guy arrived and hit the Mick Jaguar, took him away, was in front of us. The fight was in front of us. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't photograph because uh, I was, you know, organizing the boat and everything. And uh, a few hours later, I met a researcher who worked with me in the past uh, uh, in the Jaguar Research Center. And I, I asked him, hey, people, did you see that? It was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know this Jaguar? I said, no, man, I have no idea. This is Jeff, the Jaguar you photographed the first time in 2008 with really? his sister. 
That was amazing, man, because I had wow. the picture of him when he was a sub-adult, beautiful cat, you know, wow. with his sister. And then, I don't know, years later, he came back because, he, as usual, he left the territory. Yeah. And years later, he came back. I was there when he arrived, the day he, ar he arrived. And hey. he arrived and took his territory back, his mom's territory is back, or dad's territory. Daddy's territory is back. That's that unbelievable. Yo. That is one of my favorites. But I have a dream, I'll tell you. Okay. I have a dream okay. to see a jaguar for September. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> to see a jaguar hunting a marsh deer on the field. Oh wow. Okay. That is, is that... my dream, man. Okay. It's like a leopard hunting on the field. Yeah. But it's, you know, the jaguar hunting a marsh deer on the field. I have seen, I have seen jaguars on the field before you know in the grassland or in dry areas not along the rivers but that is my dream okay my biggest dream in nature that's quite amazing <laughs> eh? quite amazing because our biggest dream is to see a jaguar on the water's edge or in the water or hunting caiman or whatever it might look like so yeah geez fantastic well i thoroughly look forward to september ricardo i really do and um yeah, yeah. thank you so much for your time today I hope that I hope that people who are listening will have a better understanding of where it is, what's going on, what to expect, etc. Um, I'm going to make this. I'm going to be doing a blog on this as well, a podcast, and I'll be sharing some of your beautiful imagery that you've kindly um, given me because I haven't had the chance to shoot anything yet. So I'll be after using September, of, after September, you will after September, share yeah. yours. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that. Um, but I'll be using yours in the meantime. So all the imagery you see will be Ricardo's, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, Ricardo, thank you so much, but I, re I really appreciate it, eh? as, as per You're usual. welcome, man. It's my pleasure. Brilliant. Any other doubt you have, if you'd like to do another call, you know, it's I'm all, all the time, you know, ready here. Yeah, thanks, I'm Ricardo. I'm really you are coming, guys. It. Yeah, thanks, man. Now, I look forward to it, eh? Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, Matt. Cheers, Ricardo. Thanks so much, bud. Bye. Cheers. cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.